joining this discussion is Nicole Verkint, founder at the OMX and Startup Canada's 2019 Women Entrepreneur Ambassador of the Year. On a personal note, I've known Nicole, I can't believe it, for uh, 17 years now. And, uh, and she's, Nicole's just, she's no. an amazing, <laughs> yeah, can you believe that? <laughs> so Nicole is just an amazing entrepreneur. Uh, she's had a great success story and she's a champion of all entrepreneurs across the ecosystem. So she really has some great insights. And then we have Abdullah Snowbar, executive director at the DMZ, who is a huge supporter of Canadian entrepreneurs. Uh, he was a speaker at the Canadian Dream Summit last year and what most recently uh, did something incredibly commendable by opening up the DMZ's doors to the entrepreneurs that are in a state of flux um, after the, the devastating news that 111 is, has closed its doors. And you know, moderating this discussion is Sandy Gilbert, uh, CEO of Intergen and board chair at Nanko. So I've had the privilege of working with Sandy for just over a year as I celebrate my one-year anniversary at Nanko, and she is just absolutely extraordinary. I don't think people recognize that our board of directors is all volunteer. Uh, they have a number of other priorities that they're managing, but they're all quite passionate about helping Canadian entrepreneurs access the capital and the, and the resources that they need, and Sandy is a champion uh, based in, in Calgary and a, a national champion of all things entrepreneurship. So welcome all of you, and I will hand over the podium to Sandy. Thank you for that, uh, Claudio. Um, it's been just a great session so far with uh, great insight from our uh, young entrepreneurs and Amber, and obviously the uh, message from the government uh, with their support for what's going on. I know there's some questions uh, in our uh, question and answer section right now about a recording for this. So yes, there will be a recording that goes out and available. So all of the you that have to run, be sure to stick around uh, for the, report, the recording. Nicole Abdullah, holy man. So Nicole, I could go on and on about um, what you've accomplished in your career. Um, definitely Claudio started with a couple of the keys being the OMX and the uh, Canada 2019 Women Entrepreneur Ambassador of the Year. But you're also Startup Canada's 2017 Women Entrepreneur of the Year, a dragon on CBC's Next Gen Den, uh, one of Adweek's Toronto brand stars, you're an investor, um, an entrepreneur, you've raised capital, you've facilitated transactions. Nicole, give me an idea of what your experience has been raising capital and particularly as a female, any great tips for our female entrepreneurs out there? Oh, sure. Well, uh, thanks again for having me and, and thanks for that uh, intro, Claudio. I had to actually just get out my iPhone calculator and realize that it was 17 years. So, wow. Um, I was raising capital in 2011, 2012. That's when I when I started thinking through um, the concept of OMX. My first uh, startup didn't require capital. We were a manufacturing company. Uh, we were able to secure a contract and, and go to the bank and get some debt against the equipment we needed to buy. So I started raising early stage uh, venture type capital in 2011, 2012, and the environment felt very, very different. I remember you know, talking to some VCs, they pretty much all told me they didn't do early stage. Um, there were some angels, um, the angel networks were, were nothing like they were today. Even NACO has come a long way, in, in my opinion. Um, and 
I kind of cobbled together some angel funding, but and I and I leveraged the FedDev IBI program to match that funding um, in the early days. And we weren't we weren't really able to raise much capital. So it's you know it's great that you have a perception that we that I raised capital, but we didn't really raise too much at all. Um, what we did was we actually went to our customer base. So actually, after we tried and failed over the course of a couple of years and we were able to cobble together uh, some, we went to our customer base and said, this is what we're building. We want to build this with you. And will you pre-fund it essentially? And so we worked with a couple of our, our large anchor clients, you know, B2B enterprise uh, software uh, to, to build OMX, very out of the box way to do it. Um, and uh, it was great because we were able to build a product that they really needed and that they were going to use. And we built them, built it alongside them with them as sort of our investor, but it was treated as revenue. So it was a very, very unusual uh, way for us to, to raise capital in the early days. And I'll just say that the momentum that the, the ecosystem has had since then, from, from my experience, has just been tremendous. And the number of programs that have come out and even in the last couple of years, this concept that not every company is necessarily a traditional venture-backed type company and that there are funding avenues now there through companies like ClearBank and Shopify Capital and other other avenues for e-commerce companies and, and for companies that might not fit that traditional mold of seed series A, series B, um, elevator that companies get on where, you, you know, there's kind of only one way out of that. Um, so I just think that there's been so much fantastic momentum and, you know, the work that Abdullah is doing at DMZ is a huge feeder program for all of that. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I'm I, just really excited I, about it. Yeah, I agree, Paul. I think we really are seeing that there um, are many ways to raise capital and, and not every company is venture backed. I always kid and say that uh, sales solves a lot of problems. And if you can be so fortunate like you did to actually find a client that wants to back the development of the uh, platform, that's a really good way to uh, make it happen. And I do see in this kind of uh, COVID crisis, we are seeing companies just like uh, Jeremy's that have pivoted to say, I can make some money here that perhaps will help him extend uh, his original vision beyond this stage. Nicole, so you say things have changed. You said that things are uh, different out there today. What about more activity for um, investment capital for women? What, what do you think needs to change in order for women to be heard, heard when they're um, out there reaching um, for capital? Well, it's it's not a very straightforward answer, in my opinion. I don't think there is one answer. I think you have to do a lot of things, and a lot of different entrepreneurs need different things from at different stages and for different types of businesses. So like I said, some companies are very traditional, venture-backed type companies. Others are e-commerce, and they need something different. So I don't think that there's a really quick answer to that. Um, but in terms of people ask what government should be doing, I believe that government should be funding funds. Um, so like the FedDev IBI program that I referenced, the reason why I liked it was because it was uh, it was at, provided by the Ontario government or the Regional Development Agency, but it didn't pick winners. So you had to get right. certified angels right. to sort of pick which companies they wanted to invest in and then it matched. And so I believe that in terms of how government should be helping, I think they should be funding funds and that um, funds then will have more capital to deploy 
uh, to uh, women entrepreneurs and even providing liquidity to other types of uh, more creative ways that companies are being funded uh, now, like some of the platforms I mentioned. And there's obviously a lot more. I can't I can't keep up with them now. Um, you know, financing SaaS revenue and there's all right. sorts of creative ways yeah. now. Uh, so I think that, um, but I, I it's not a straightforward answer, and that's why um, like it's it's not a quick answer because. Um, there's just so many different stages where women could use support. Um, but also the other part of the conversation is around procurement. And of course, you know, procuring and buying from women run businesses is a great way to, to grow them as well. Uh, very, very good point. Abdullah, uh, great um, executive director of DMZ, um, you know, obviously a key um, participant in the ecosystem and uh, really been at the front lines of helping companies access capital. And I've heard a stat that says that you fostered over 4,033 jobs created uh, since uh, your leadership at the DMZ. And you've recently joined the board of directors of BBC. So um, obviously spending a lot of time in this ecosystem. But as we said earlier, we've seen some significant changes um, with the announcement from uh, 111 and other innovation support cutbacks across the country. How will uh, DMZ step up during this COVID crisis? And, and what exactly are entrepreneurs looking for? What kind of help are they asking for today? Well, thank you very much, Sandy. And I want to say a big thanks to Claudio as well and Nico in, in general for really stepping up to the plate and being a, being a face during obviously these very uncertain times. Um, and I think to your point, uh, you know, there's a lot to say and I'll try to keep uh, my, my, my remarks in, in about two minutes um, or less. And uh you know, maybe I'll start off by first and foremost saying that uh, you know we know for sure that at least 85% of the companies and startups in the country have been negatively impacted by COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, and we know that a lot of them are falling through the cracks because of the challenges with cash flow and capital and talent and, um, and, and a number of other things. And uh, even their challenges with eligibility for, uh, for criteria on a number of the government-related programs. Uh, that are coming up, like wage subsidies and business loans, which is an ongoing issue that hopefully we'll be able to resolve uh, shortly. Um, and uh, pretty much a lot of the startups, with the exception of the ones that have been able to retool, have shifted into survival mode. So it's a real problem. And and, and I got to maybe just start out by saying, in in a very uh, in a very kind of um, hopeful but concerned voice, that Canada has done and has done and come way too far over the past decade to just let this thing kind of fall by the wayside. So totally true. You know, we don't want this pandemic to be the end of something that's been so special for our nation that we've kind of come so far along. We've become a leader in many different respects. And, uh, and I, I think this is a time that we step up to the plate and help and rather than doing the, the opposite of not helping at all. Um, to that extent, I got to say that, uh, you know, we recently heard the news obviously, and I think most people on the call know that, uh, 111 in Toronto shut down, which was a large uh, tech hub, if you will, that was supporting over 50 pretty substantially sizable startups. And uh, you know, from from you know, that's a that was a huge loss for the city, huge loss for the country. Um, and but we do realize that business kind of needs to go on for the companies that were part of that environment. And uh, so we stepped up immediately and we said um, that any company that's been impacted by by this closure uh, will have access to DMZ programming effective immediately. Um, and that means access to our workshops, access to our uh, entrepreneurs and residents, which it's pretty obviously substantial cost, but something that we're willing to endure based on the fact that we don't want companies to go under because of a uh, because of the situation. So, um, you know, we open up our programming and support to mentor entrepreneurs and residents uh, and any other advice that we would have, including 
coaching and mentorship and access to customers and capital. Um, we decided to expedite all the applications for uh, for uh, for 111 companies to apply to the DMZ uh, by what would usually take maybe two or three weeks. We're, we're going to make it into one or two days for application and approval into the space. Um, and then we're going to be waiving fees for all the companies for the next few months as well uh, while they're in this space. So we would charge typical, very, very, very minimal membership fees, which we're willing to waive for the companies, again, to remove any barriers for them to join. Um, so those are some of the small things. And, and, and I got to say, and I hope this is not the case, uh, Sandy, but uh, if we do see similar situations with other incubators and accelerator programs across the country shutting down, I can assure you DMZ will continue stepping up and uh, we'll offer up any uh, any services, like I just mentioned, to any tech startup in Canada that uh, to help them really you know, overcome these adversities. So uh, we're, uh, we're trying to make sure that we're here in, in, in good times and bad, and that we want to be able to support startups um, uh, regardless of where they are in the country. Well, that's fantastic, Abdullah. And clearly in the uh, world of the virtual world we live in now, uh, it's amazing how much uh, people can get connected, uh, even though they're not in the same building in the same city or in fact in the same province. So we commend all you do at DMZ and uh, we will stay on top of your new initiatives that um, you're presenting out there for our entrepreneurs. Claudio, I think I'm gonna turn it back to you. Thanks, Abdullah. Thanks, Nicole. And thanks, Sandy. Sandy, if I could just put you on the spot for a second, you're doing some amazing work with DealPoint. Can you just uh, very quickly give us, give us the high points around that and how it facilitates syndication? Sure. Uh, thanks for that. We've got a fintech platform that actually raises uh, capital in an online environment. So it executes private placements. Who knew that all of a sudden it's hard to get in front of investors and hard to sign subscription documents. So we've really had a crazy ride over the last uh, three or four weeks uh, onboarding some of the uh, broker dealer networks, but also we've offered the platform up for anyone that's in the middle of a capital raise and is trying to circle their last investors to get it done. So it's simply a data room that provides all of the information and allows the investor to execute the documents quite efficiently and allows the company to effectively do the close. So we're happy to um, provide that to any entrepreneur that's in the middle of a round right now and uh, keep that uh, cash flowing as they're trying to close the rounds to give themselves some runway through this uh, COVID crisis.